that um, I thought about on the last day was all the people that I personally invited to attend this thing that didn't. And you know, some are like, yo, I don't have that money right now, or I do got that money right now, but I'm gonna do this or whatever. And you know, we talked about before the event, like a few days before about like, you know, how men do not invest in themselves. And I'm just gonna be really honest with all of my homies. You blew it, you should have been there. Outside of my homies, I thought about other people that I didn't invite. And I know like, I know he spent that much money going to Vegas. I know he spent that much money on chicks that he don't even talk to anymore. I know he spent that money on gold teeth and chains. I know, right? And so like, you have to find a way, I'm talking to any man, I don't care what you spend your money on. You have to find a way to believe that you're worth investing in for the sake of yourself, of your family, of your friends. Like, because when you do that, who you return as and who you return to, the vibrations will be way up. Yeah, 100%. Well, we talk about that a lot, don't we, in jiu-jitsu context, you know, coming to the academy for that couple of hours a week and investing in you and helping other people fills your cup up. Who was talking about filling the cup up? Someone said Yeah, it was somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have been Jamie, but... I think it was Jamie. Oh, no, it was Johnny. It was Johnny, yeah, yeah. Pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So you need to have, you know, you're topping up your cup and that's putting time into you all the time. That's self-investment, self-development. So you can become the best person for everybody else you care about, right? No, really, really, really. And listen, I think it's, uh, I was just saying off air, we've already after our first event, and we're going to do, obviously, this is an annual thing, and there's another a number of in-person events throughout the year for our community. Uh, we've already been approached by someone in the US who wants to do this in the USA. America needs this. Not I kidding. think it'll be, I honestly think, the feeling we got at the very end, and it's hard because you're a bit, excuse my French, a bit pissed on it, like on the, you know what I mean? Right, and you're all high. Yeah, high in your own supply. The feeling of it was so positive. That it really felt like, and Jamie did say this, it felt like the start was not really special. Yeah. It felt like the movement that we wanted to create, which was to change the conversation on men's health. We've now got guys, some of them the most macho guys you can imagine. Fucking okay, massive dude. Yeah. Multiple businesses, fucking covered in tats, crying, doing breath work. Oh. Like, yeah, I, was was to, um, I was glad to hear that the breath work went down well, because I remember eavesdropping on one of your behind the scenes conversations about the costs of the different thing and how it makes up the whole whole event mm. i knew that the breathwork was one of the more expensive kind of things to put on for for the event and uh, there was some discussion of like well if we we're trying to like cut cost a bit this might be the one that looks to go and you're like no we need this one and it was so <laughs> but powerful. i know because i've done it right and i know pablo maya so they were i mean the amount of people man who said and i said this about maya before because as you know maya she's asked mom she's visually impaired yeah severely and uh People were like, she was saying things I was thinking in that actual moment. It was fucking weird. And it's true. She's got a it's, real it's, 
ability uncanny. to sense how you are. It's uncanny. And she, you know, and when someone does that and notices who you are, being vulnerable and open, even that opens you up. That can soften you. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was beautiful, and it was a great balance because it was funny because uh, I had sent some of the pictures I took to one of my friends uh, back in the states. <laughs> His response was hilarious. He was like, "Seems pretty alpha," and I was like. Nah, I mean, I said, you know, I was like, the whole thing was about balance. Like, I'm sure you see the workouts and you see like people jogging and dudes in tats or whatever. But like, I said, like, my lecture was on stoic philosophy and love. Like, so if, yeah, if love is alpha, emotional right? literacy and intimacy yeah, conversation. You know, like, exactly. Eleanor's talk. Yeah. Oh, it was, was anti-alpha, I think. Yeah. I think the guys who came were alphas because but that's the thing, they're the only that... adopters, right? Like yeah. they're the brave ones, the courageous ones who are like, I'm just going to go and try it. Most guys aren't in that yeah. little slice of yeah. demographic. So they're like, I'm going to wait and see what happens and then I might do it. Yeah. So the guys who turned up for the first one were all your early adopters, 14% I think early adopters, right? Um, when you look at business. And they were all the kind of guys who founded businesses, who went out and did shit. Yeah. That's naturally going to be there first time. And then like that one guy in the front row, I don't remember his name, but he was like, I've been to all kinds of retreats and this and that. And he was like, this is one of the best things like I've ever been like, he was just like not comparable. And this was a guy who goes to retreats all the time. So I also felt as someone who's never been to a retreat that now that I've been to this, I'm going to be disappointed in the rest of you <laughs> going forward. Yeah. So the only thing I'd say, the last thing I'd say is there were people, so when we left, on the Saturday, they'd done a session with me around reflections and intentions. Mm. And they'd, we'd set some goals together that they're going to achieve by next year's 100. And one of the things was something they were going to leave behind, something they were going to stop doing, mm. whether that was negative self-talk, drinking on a weeknight, making porcelain, whatever mm. it is. And then at the very end, as we walked out and we gave them the goodie bags, they took that piece of paper, tore it out of the next 45 notebook and threw it in a fire mm. to symbolize that they're leaving it behind. And it was, and then we, we, we gave everyone a hug and two, two people said to me, that is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Not this year, in my life. It's life changing shit. It was intense. Uh, and we did it for non-profit. Like the, the hundred event, we've, always, we've committed to that as a business, will always be a zero profit event. So the more people who come, the more resource we have to make it even more magic, right? Yeah. Like that's the way it is. Yeah, Amazing. I'm reaching out to my friends in America, like now, you know. So. I'm glad it was a great success. Yeah. And speaking of great successes. Thanks for holding the fort back here, by the way. <laughs> My guy, holding yeah. it down. Now. Someone's got to think about the children. <laughs> not, <laughs> the, not the 45-year-old pluses. <laughs> uh, we hit a big milestone uh, yesterday, he said, was it? Monday. Um, <clears throat> reaching 500 members, which is huge. That's how did you guys, how do you feel about it? Did you know it was coming or like, did you yeah, know? We, yeah, we track it, we track our numbers like each and every week and we, yeah. you know, way does this for us with Soap, Salt and Nicola and we try and make sure we understand what the business looks like. Right. Because we, again, you know, we want to invest more in the academy. We want to put more classes on, you know, build more coaches. We yeah. want to have the staff work more hours. There's more people behind the desk to make the experience better for everybody. But that costs money, right? So we just need to know where we're at. So we knew it was coming, but what happens in the growth of jiu-jitsu, and I remember Professor Victor telling me this when we first opened, is that it's not a linear progression in terms of numbers. You go up 20, you come down eight. 
you go mm. up five, you come down three. You come, mm -hmm. but you should be climbing up. Yeah, the it's, it's, yeah. So the challenge for us now is to sustain that number over five hundred. Right. Um, and then today, you know, we're investing in our people. I think Zig Ziglar says, "You want to build your business, build your people." Mm. So we're all going off site to the mansion for four hours with a top top notch coach. Excellent. Who's going to help us set some big goals for the future and, and help us get there. So it feels to me like the 500 is a platform for us to consolidate. Right. At it's a new cornerstone. You know, we right. were talking yesterday, weren't we, about new initiatives around coaching pathways and supporting people from being assistant coaches in kids' classes through to school owners and every step. And we're going to hold your hand through every single step and give you all the resources and support you need to be able to do that if that's what you want to do or you just want to teach a class once a week, whatever. We're going to be putting on new classes for kids, new classes for adults. Like, it's just going to get bigger and better. Yeah. And who knows, where do you, where do you, where do you think we'll end up, T? Where do you, what do you think the ceiling is? In terms of numbers, I'm not sure. I think, I just, just put it in my head then, if I think about where we are and where we could go, though, I feel like we're somewhere at like the blue or purple belt stage of a... Nice. Of a... Jiu-Jitsu Academy's journey. I think there's still so much more room to grow within um, our class, the amount of classes we can put on, the amount of great coaches that we have, the skills of those coaches, the kids' programs that we offer, the the environment that isn't just the matted area, like these mm. areas. Um, our offerings around, like, you know, next summer you want to do, like, the kids' camps, things like Parents Night Off, like, all these things like at Bondo, they do a uh, after school pickup. So if you like can't, you know, pick your kids up, they'll go around and yeah, swoop on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And yeah, tour as well. Yeah, yeah. buses. Yeah, that's buses cool. all planned. That's like even yeah. for us, like I'm not even sure if you'd need the bus with how close a lot of these schools are. It's just yeah, like you just need true. someone to walk them down up Talbot <laughs> Road. <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like there's still so much room to grow, but I think a lot of people outwardly would be looking in, being like. Oh yeah, because they're so big, they kind of reach that that peak. But for me, as cheesy as it sounds, like we keep saying, it's like just the beginning. I really feel like there's just so much more uh, we can do, and uh, we're going to talk about that, all, I guess. Today, yeah, it's, so. um, I, it does feel like we're breaking new ground, though. Like I don't know many other academies which will be this scale. You know, forget the fact it's only two and a half years as well. Like we haven't even got started yet. Really. Right. Bloody hell, we had lockdown for most of that. Come so, on now. Jesus. Yeah, it's real. But there can't be many academies. I don't know what the number would be. A dozen, if that, in the country that have 500 plus students. And the average jiu-jitsu school has around 200 students. Um, we know that just across the board. That's that industry standard. Somewhere around 180 to 220, 250 would be a standard school. And a successful school, right? A profitable school. Yeah. But to be double that is quite remarkable, really. And I think it stands to the way we've done it, the way we haven't put the focus on jiu-jitsu. We've put the focus on the people, the community. And we, their experience, be, right? Yeah, yeah. And their experience. We're going to be releasing the fireworks night tickets this week. So we've got 200 tickets for our and community. And what's the date on that again? It's the 4th of November. Okay. At Round Asian Rugby Club. So the, the council aren't going to put on a fireworks night again, I don't think. So if you want to go and take your kids to a beautiful fireworks night, nice and safe, great environment, as That's members excellent. of our community, you can get discounted tickets and almost guarantee you can be there. There's only 1,000 so cool. tickets. We've got 200 of them. That's one awesome. of the headline sponsors, right? So yeah, it's all awesome. little things like that, isn't it? That adds that ripple effect 
across the community. I'm yeah. so proud of it, man. Proud of you as well, T. You've done a great job, man. T, man, holding it down when uh, a lot of the dads, fathers, and coaches were gone. Like, I can't do nothing but salute you, my boy, because I know that wasn't easy. <laughs> Seriously, I know that wasn't easy. Like, right. when we left, I was thinking about you. I got in the van. I was like, I left my man behind. It's not cool. <laughs> you know, but I also knew you would and could handle it, but. It was all right. It just it felt like just a normal Saturday with the other coaches stepping up, which I guess we should make a thank you to those guys because none of it's really possible without all those people who might not see themselves as leaders in the community but definitely are people mm. who step up into those mm. coaching roles, whether mm. that's just assisting um, in some kids' classes or for our lead coaches or even the people who just make, an effort, make more of an effort to be there I'm thinking like your Tom Broughton's like yeah you know who's half the kids know him at this point even though he doesn't because <laughs> he's on the podcast and he's he's hanging around the academy a lot so like uh, those kind of different little pillars of the community that, yeah. that make it what it is so. yeah I don't, and I, the, th the, the exciting thing about that is and it won't be realised yet or you may never know but like if you're one of those assistant coaches who comes here and you get your discount and stuff like that you might be the one that that one kid sees something in and it absolutely changes their life. Totally. We all remember the teacher that like made the real impact on us. Yeah. Or the coach. Or yeah. Uh, I've talked about this book before, Steve Biddulph's Raising Boys. Like, he talks about the importance for young boys, 14, 15, to have a positive real male role model that is not their father or their uncle. It's a coach. It's a yep. teacher. Yep. It's a friend. It's yep. someone they can look to and learn from. And all of our assistant coaches have the ability, and they are doing this, of really, really changing these kids' lives, man. And okay. that's exciting. We talk about how great these kids are going to be on the map and they've been training jiu-jitsu for 10 years. What kind of people are they going to be? <clears throat> Confident, respectful, into self-development and growth. Compassionate. Compassionate, empathetic. Courageous, right? It's unbelievable, man. It annoys me to no end that... I know, I've been teaching these kids like two and a half years now and Adis comes in and they're like, Adisa, can you corner me in my fight? <laughs> they're like, bro. <laughs> or like uh, Veronica comes in, Veronica comes in to uh, do some coaching this week and like one of the little girls is like, Veronica's my favorite coach. She's like, she's been here a week, mate. Come on, I've been here. Like, she's just been here. But, that's, on you. but yeah. that is the point I'm trying to make. That's right? part. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's, you don't know which kids and that's why we want to have the diverse the widest yeah pool yeah. of coaches possible we're trying to grow it aren't we so we're yeah, yeah. I'm joking of course that. yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah I'm, a, I'm the least favourite now because they don't even see me right? like, <laughs> you don't even come back speaking <laughs> of that what's up for the 23rd I'm excited 23rd competition oh, competition time yeah 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 what are we doing are we, are we closing are we staying open or uh, yeah, we should, yeah I think well I think we do just maybe. do the kids I think we just do the tiny champs because they. I think that's what we did last time. Yeah, we'll announce that. We'll speak to the team today and, and get I'm that excited. announced for everyone. But yeah, no, there's a lot of people competing. Comp team last night was really good. Um, I was tired, man. I rolled at lunchtime. Jack Fulham came over from Race by Harrogate. It's great purple belt. Good competitor as well. Like, yeah, yeah, wins yeah. a lot of tournaments. So it was great to have him in. And then yeah, rolled last night. It was tough rounds. You had some wars. Yeah, yeah. try and. Um, these good classes, I like that. Uh, I was into, it was quite interesting that you taught it because I didn't think you might be a fan of going from a top position 
to possibly a bottom position. I don't see it as a bottom position. <laughs> okay. I don't see the back as a bottom position. Interesting. <laughs> I see the back as the apex of position. Yeah. yeah. But in the transition, you know, you might. There's a little risk. Kind of like, I, in my head, it's kind of like going for a top straight ankle lock. Really? Yeah. Mm, I don't see it that way. Because And the difference would be that in ankle lock, you know, I know you're hunting the submission, but you are placing yourself on bottom. And you have probably less chance to come up than the person defending. Because mm. the way your hips mm. are positioned, it's quite difficult to come back to come back up. I think when you're taking the back in the way we showed last night, you are you always have the ability. We didn't get a chance to discuss it really, but I tried to say at the very end, there's always the opportunity for you to just kick your legs through and come up into a, like a leg drag. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a pass. Deep. You can always pass the guard. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You see it different to me, but no, it was good. And I look. It wasn't actually part of the curriculum. It was something else that I'd seen in Gracie Baja. Mm. And um, so it is a Gracie Baja thing. And I just wanted to share it because I think we need to keep exposing our advanced students to this new stuff. Yeah. I liked it. And then I was trying it out in some of the roles and it was good. And created a couple, got a couple of times and then created a couple of scrambles the other times. It's <laughs> it the thing fun. about like, and I hadn't thought about it, about, you know when you pinch your knees? Yeah. Like that makes a huge difference of the control of the opponent's hip. Mm. So yeah. like just the little details like that, it's like just unlocks another like next yeah. time I'm going to the back I'm squeezing my knees. Yeah. Done. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. No, it was a good classmate and then um comp team was really good. Um a few people brought it like big time. And uh Stefan was bringing it last night, big time. Yeah, I like uh, everyone's stand ups getting really good as well, which is fun for me. Tommy Yao was spot on on his feet, wasn't he? Last yeah, night? he was doing good, man. Um which is really fun. Uh, it's always a stand up well with Josh as well. Yeah, he's done judo as a kid, I think. Yeah. Promoted him last night. There's a few blue belt promotions last night. Mm -hmm. Nice. And well done to you guys because, you know, a lot of you won't be promoted for six months or so. Um, and, I, you know, uh, when, just for information, like when we're looking at the white belt promotions, stripes, it is, we're looking at the classes you've done, the volume, and then we're looking at the technique as well. When you progress to blue belt, and there's a standard for blue belt, when you're a blue belt, for me, it's more about time and experience. You're going to develop. Right. I'll feel out the way you roll. Some people will go quicker than others, but it's going to take you two years. Like, it's going to take you two years. Yeah, period. Even if you train three, four times a week, period. it's going to take you two years because you need that time to consolidate your game. And find yourself and shake you out who problem. you're becoming, right? Because if you look at Mike Burton, like, he's the only purple belt that we have in the, in the school. His movement is way more efficient than most of the blue belts. You know, his ability to move yeah. and understand is just His potential from wherever he ends up. He yeah. shifts into there, he already knows. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the, our blue belts aren't quite there yet, which yeah. is great because we have this... Room to grow. Room to grow on this pathway, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, That's excellent. Fantastic, man. Everyone's doing really well. And um, it keeps us improving as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Uh, <clears throat> something we got to talk about yesterday, which I'm excited for, is some development stuff for the kids. And we're going to look to put on a parents and kids study hall. We think likely Saturday morning, right, during the GB1 class. Yeah, 8 o'clock, yeah. Yeah. And then that'll allow, if you're a parent-kid duo that train together, uh, and your parent is already a three-stripe white belt or higher, just like you requirements for any other study hall, then you can go with your kid and do some jiu-jitsu together. Or Trade if there's another ideas. kid you want to train with that kind, of, that kind of thing that's uh that's fine and then also we're going to look to implement some some more live training for the kids so for 
Right now, the only way to really get some live training is to do the additional membership for the comp team to get like actual live training in. And that's going to now, especially with those kids being a bit more mature, there's a lot more gray and white belts, there's a lot more solid gray belts. Those guys can continue progressing in their more competitive jiu-jitsu through, through doing that. So that kind of thing, I think it's going to be massive for the kids' team. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see the growth. Because I think you were saying a lot of the times when we're doing the one-minute rounds as well, they're, uh, they're really good, but they're in, the, in like certain positions, but connecting those positions together there, yeah. they kind of struggle with. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't always see what's possible. The thing that I think happens the most that I'm noticing, tell me if you see it too, is like, Whichever kid is on the bottom, whether they're working to establish an open or a closed guard, their hands are down. I see this a lot, mm -hmm. right? So they're, they're, and they're doing well with managing the distance with their legs, but they don't have a sleeve and a collar, two sleeves, both on the collar. And they're like, I saw one kid, they were just scooting back, but using their legs. And I'm like, no, 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 sit up, grab their gi or their torso, bring them to you. And, and then it'll help you establish, you know? But it's funny how, and this was my problem as, as a white belt, is all of my jujitsu was up here, but I wasn't using my legs. So like, you, got, you always see either or, right? So then like, part of I think, getting the whole jujitsu individual to emerge is helping them coordinate the deliberate use of all of their limbs at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I use the analogy, don't I, about climbing a cliff? So if you're playing guard or you're playing jujitsu, you know, the way you would climb a sheer cliff face, you wouldn't just do it with your legs. Right. You'd be holding on. Yeah. But you wouldn't be holding on so tight that you can't move. Right. So you need to, and you've got to use Enough your legs. Enough of a grip, but still some mobility. Some That's a great analogy. I like that. Let a little bit go yeah. to move. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, man, it's going to be amazing. So we're going to do that, some live training for the kids. Do a quick pause on the video, and then we can restart. You can go to the toilet. Okay, okay. Well, so we're back. Professor Adisa's disappeared. Ooh. <laughs> he's just a hat and a phone. <laughs> he's turned into this hat. <laughs> no, he's just old like me. He needs to go to the loo and podcast. Like, you can't make it through the whole podcast. So we talked about the kids there, T, last week before we broke. Yeah. And we're thinking we're going to do, like, on top of, so not within the class, an additional period of time, probably 15 minutes, where we could do maybe four three-minute rounds and a, and a finish-up. Um for LC2s and junior and teens. So we're, we're not going to do this for LC1s and tiny champs because we don't think at that stage it's required. No, I think it, it's tough for them as well because we don't teach submissions at that, that stage. So a lot of the times they can get to the mount and they'll just try and hold, which is, I don't like yeah. just stagnant jiu-jitsu where you're just kind of staying in a place. You know, you want to be trying to to finish and then they're like, I'm like, well, just keep moving. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> so yeah, I think for... It'll, for the, for the LC2s and the juniors and teens, really great development. For those LC1 kids though, you know, we're doing a lot more one minute rounds in the class. We've taken out the um, the stretch off in accordance with like the new Gracie Baja way of doing things. So there's more time in the class now to do things like that. So they're still getting loads of great, great progression too. And hopefully soon we'll have some kind of advanced program for those guys. So they'll be in the back room, learning not just the the standard curriculum but the things that are going to keep challenging them from solid gray belt and beyond because you know it's as you can see on the back wall here there's that's just the start <laughs> you know yeah. there's all the way to 
But uh, you don't have any yellow, orange, or green belts. No. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> in the in the LC one program, it's interesting because you could probably get, you know, you can spend. You know, if you join Tiny Champions and you, when you just turn three, which is quite rare because, you know, it's, you, you need to be a fairly confident kid to join when you're straight three years old. You know, a lot of them need to mature a little bit first. But it happens. And you stay all the way until you turn five. You've been training for two years once a week, so you slow, slowly progress, which means you might only be like a higher level gray and white belt, right? And then you've got two years in LC1, uh, where you can continue to progress. So it would actually be quite hard to get anywhere higher than I think like a yellow belt-ish by the time you're uh, yeah, in, going into LC2. So there's more of a a reason to put on the advanced programs and have the like sparring and stuff in the older kids' programs. But I still want to offer something for the LC1 because if you are that tiny champion and that have come through and you've been training four years or something in your LC1, you still want to be challenged, don't you? you want to be doing, leave me alone, stinky pants, all day, you know? Yeah. Although <laughs> that's great. It's actually, like... they love that. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is DC's favorite. I think no one laughs more at my jokes in class than a DC. I'd be rolling in the back. <laughs> He's but like creasing really... over, like, oh. I think He's doing order... a heel hook. <laughs> Not the heel hook to the X. I think in order for us to put all this stuff on, though, like, again, you know, we, we need coaches, right? So just let's just. Talk about that one more time. So we're doing this new coach's pathway, which will articulate quite clearly the different stages that we believe, not Gracie Baha, but GBRL believes is the right approach. Um, and that will be assistant coach, lead coach, lead coach plus. Um, and that, that the difference in factor there is that you are alone in the academy and mm. managing the whole space, because mm -hmm. that is different. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage anyone who wants to become a coach, uh, or has aspirations in the future to teach adults, teach kids, run their own school, whatever, um, come and speak to us because we're actively recruiting. Yeah, and I think if anyone's thinking why you might do that, you know, let's say, you know, you're not doing it for, for money or something like that, then... But you do get paid. You do get paid, but, you know, let's say you don't need money, but you do want to think, well, well, maybe I'll teach why, but why the reason is, it's just because it can be, well, one thing I think when you're teaching kids, we all like to try and give back to the community. I don't think there's something you could do more within like a few miles than you then come in to help out the kids here, the giving back to the community. You're literally having a, you know, our kids team is the like kids program is much bigger than the adult program in terms of numbers. You know, if you come in, you're affecting hundreds of kids' lives, which is going to spread out and have a massive effect on hundreds of other lives. Uh, so you're going to have a massive impact. And then for your own jiu-jitsu, especially well, whether you're teaching adults or kids, I was taking, taking that Yogi Berra, whatever it is, some guy's quote I heard on the uh, the Diary of the CEO audio book I'm listening to. But if you want to, it's like if you want to learn something, you can speak about it. If you want to like get great at it, you can write about it. But if you want to master something, you got to teach it. So if you want to develop your jiu-jitsu more and have a greater understanding, I think. Teaching it is is uh, a massive way for you to improve. And there's another quote I like that I heard from James Clear, the guy who wrote Atomic, ha yeah, uh, habits. Atomic Habits. It's like, the person who mo learns most in any classroom is the teacher. And like, that's that's so true for me, you know? It's, it's one of the craziest things that I've experienced as a, <clears throat> as a brown belt for sure, but as a black belt 
unbelievably. And I think also for me, when I became a black belt, I became terrified at the vast chasm of jujitsu information you don't know. Like you don't know, but you still have a black belt and they're gonna ask, hey, I'd like to know when you're baramboloing, <laughs> I don't barambolo, right? Like, like I can't even spell barambolo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? But like, I actually came to love that chasm, right? Where you're just like, I'll be like, hey, actually the answer is A, B, or C, or actually, let me ask Gumby, Professor Mike, let me ask T, because he barambolos all the time, right? Like, and come back. Like, I love that, right? And and just the idea that as a teacher, I think this may frustrate some people is maybe they think they don't know enough, right? You'll never know enough. It's jujitsu. It's infinite. Like it does. Like no one can, and so that's what makes it cool because you can just say, "I actually don't know." Let me ask, and you can bring that back, or they can go, "I saw something. I think I know the." Oh yeah, that makes sense. But then let's, and that's just it's beautiful. It's it's the best part of coaching for me. Like I never get tired of it. What else is coming up? Fireworks night, competition 23rd. Roger Gracie's seminars moved, if you haven't heard, to the week before. Is it 28th? 28th, yeah, 28th. that's right. We've got um, coaches night out, planter. So the other thing, if you're a coach, then we take you out once a quarter for some dinner. Um, we're going to probably, well, we're going to consider changing that slightly, aren't we? And, and doing something once a quarter where we invite coaches in here first to do some kind of workshop in 20 minutes yeah. around coaching, whether that's something that we've seen or learned, to share that knowledge, to try and develop those coaches as part of the pathway we're doing. Mm. And then we'll have a roll together, then we'll go out for dinner. So that's going to be quite a nice little thing for us to do mm. into quarter. You know what I really want to do? It's next summer. Like, do another summer ball. Charity, like, I think we should do a GBRL summer ball. That'd be quite cool. I think that'd be awesome. But also like, trying to find like, another big seminar. So like mm. try and get like Victor or Bradley or someone down and have the uh, have a seminar and then go for a fancy ball. That could be hard. It's a great idea. We yeah. could do it for charity, couldn't we? Who yeah. uh, who would you have then? So Rogers, arguably the biggest name that we've had, arguably the biggest name in the country, if not the world. Um, who would you have as your top one or two people to come into the seminars from around the world then? Well, Mike Burton made a good shout yesterday. Like Homolo Bahao would be a cool one to get. Cool. He's yeah. Yeah. Um, is he still absolutely jacked? He <laughs> was so juicy. <laughs> he's like, he's absolutely <laughs> The shoulders and the biceps are just ridiculous. He's coached a lot of really high-level competitors. Yeah, yeah. Keenan yeah. went to see him. Remember that? And Keenan Cornelius was the best in the world. And he could have trained anywhere when he split from Lloyd Evans. Something. He went and trained with Hamill. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Dan has the obvious one, isn't it? But... I, I'm, I'm not sure if we can get Danaher. I'm not sure if he really does seminars. I think he just does like the occasional big one, like he did the one for fundraising for Marcelo Garcia the other week. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan of Hiron Gracie. He's yeah. a, his seminars are really good, man. Really interesting is, is the moves are there, obviously, but he helps me look at my understanding of the positions with more clarity. And that's what I walk away appreciating outside of it. Yeah, like you're like, oh. So then even when you're in a totally different position, the way that he kind of helps you kind of sift through what's actually happening apart from what you feel, I love that. Mm. Yeah. I think in terms of experience we were talking about before, like 
to some extent, especially when you're at, um, you know, when you when people are delivering a seminar, it has to be, you know, it's have to, you, you want someone from every stage in the room to get something. So you can't have something that's just, we're going to do some super advanced topic because all the white belts aren't going to understand mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, I think Bradley Hill did a, one of the seminars at uh, um, Harrogate once and it's really good, but we were doing some kind of like heel hooks or something or some kind of toe hold. I was like, this is going way over my head. And then we went back to the other plus. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> back in my comfort zone. Uh, yeah. So I think sometimes the, the techniques that taught are less important than just the, the experience. I think someone who would give like a crazy good experience is Kurt Oceana. I know we've yeah. talked about it a little get bit. Kurt on, right? Give him a ring. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right, well, and he Kurt. loves coming to the UK. Well, so we'll fly him over. And yeah, we can do it, man. yeah. No I'll, yeah. If he's up for it, I'd love to listen. To Kurt's up for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like you want those ones where it's you want the icons of the sport, man. Yeah, like, and to say you've trained with that person and got that. Little bit yeah, of I think training with them or just meeting them is like the big thing that you can. Oh, do you remember at that seminar back in the day? Kind of thing, mm. you know. Those are like the little. No one's topics. got stories like Kurt. Hero yeah. would be good. Henner would be good. Uh, Kurt would be amazing. John Danaher would be great. Obviously, like top level competitors, Gordon Ryan, people like that would be amazing to do a no gi thing. But again, trying to get them over. Keenan and all these guys. BJ Penn. Fucking, there's, there's some absolute fucking legends. Drysdale. You know, there's all there's loads of people that we could. Marcelo, we probably were. He's in Hawaii now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems to be coming along, though. I saw a thing. Enough to bow out for two seconds. You know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful people. I will absolutely, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll message Kurt when we get off this podcast and we'll get active with it. You know what I'm saying? You, over, you okay? You're nice. good? <laughs> Just trying try to make sure he's not taking the lights out. What was the best seminar you've been to, Dees? The best seminar that I've been to, you're, you're, you're not going to believe me just because we just said his name, but... Uh, there was a there was a thing at Half Gracie uh, where Kurt and Gumby were showing techniques, and the stuff that Gumby showed was bonkers. And when Kurt started going into this pathway, this route that he used, like it was like flawless, like it was flawless. And he explained why you did and didn't do everything, and what could happen, and what was impossible for the other person. And it was just, it was like poetic, man. It was poetic. So I would say, I would say Kurt, um, years ago, oh, why am I blanking on this dude's name? Yikes. Anyway, I've been to some really good ones. Um, but Kurt really stands out um, among, among folks for sure, you know, and uh Oh, you know what? I went to a Hoist Gracie seminar back when I was a purple belt. And I think like when you look at Hoist, of course, you know, UFC, you know what I'm saying? Bro, like his pure jujitsu is shockingly aggressive and dangerous. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it because you're like, you know, he's good. It's not about that. He was a nice guy too. Yeah. Like, hey, young, what's up? You know what I'm saying? But... <clears throat> Let me tell you, everyone in the room was shocked. And it wasn't just that he was doing it, it was butter, it was smooth. It was, I was like, I didn't expect that, like, at all. Like, everybody afterwards was like, Hoist, I didn't know. 
like I didn't know. Yeah, Hoist Gracie, Purple Belt Seminar. That was at a Charles Gracie Academy in Fremont. Crazy good. Crazy good. Problem we've got here is like most of the biggest names in the sport aren't in the UK. Yeah. So he's trying to get them in. He's trying to fly them in. Yeah, or finding out when they're going to be somewhere Fine, nearby. So you can be like, while you're here. If they're coming over for Polaris, like if they've got a competitor in Polaris, that's a big one for us. Or they come to Noted. the Europeans. So yeah. January time. We probably need to just start to put some feelers out now, actually. Yeah. To see what everyone's doing. Yeah. Because it's not a... thing is, I think John Danner, because he loves history and shit like that, like... We could tie it in with like, a, we'll take you around York. No, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you to the early Freemason spots or something. <laughs> we'll you know what I mean? The yeah. <laughs> We'd love it. Hilarious. <laughs> Knights <laughs> Templar. Yeah. Who's the guy, what's the guy called who uh, is the days of fresh coach? Remind me. Uh, Heath Pedigo. Heath Pedigo, he'd be good as well. I've seen him yeah. teach. Like he's got mm. legit Jacob coaching skills. Mm. Yeah. I think you've, well, I think, you know, what, what, Struck me about Heath is when you're watching the Daisy Fresh series is obviously he's got all these kind of I don't know what the right <laughs> people there but people maybe like going through hard times right mm. and he for all of his students he would text them every single day <laughs> so you know maybe like a hundred eighty. Well, you told texts. me about this yeah. I was really moved by that yeah and just to make sure that they were going to be there at class like that evening. I like to have that much like care or to put that much time in to make sure that these guys that you younger guys usually uh, are okay and they're not about to well yeah. at least like some of them like borderline suicidal kind yeah. of thing just to make sure they're gonna be at class tonight because he's worried about them like that much care you can put in as a coach it's like wow it's people who do that you know joe wicks mm. the kind of body coach guy you ever heard of this guy mm -hmm. long hair good looking fella does all these like online boot camp things did a big thing through lockdown for the kids, didn't he? Did like a school PE thing. Okay. So a really cool guy. I watched a documentary on him and he gets so many uh, messages on Instagram from people saying that they're really not happy, don't like the way they look, feel suicidal. Yeah. He voice notes them all back. And he, I know his wife was saying like, he's so committed to caring for people, like at the expense of his own time and health. Yeah. He spends two to three hours a day, every day sending individual voice notes back to people saying, mm. listen, I'm here for you, thanks for coming. Unreal. That is phenomenal. And you would never think that about him when you saw him, his book mm. on the shelves of the Witness. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, such a remarkable person. People like Heath as well. Um, we that's all aspire beautiful. to be that empathetic, I suppose. And, and yeah, that. no, that's excellent. Because we have to give a large part of ourselves, don't we, in doing that. You find that in jiu-jitsu when you do coach, going back to that. Like, and we, you mentioned at the beginning, you joked about how tired you would have been after Saturday. When you're teaching a class, Adults classes, yes. Kids classes, even more. You're giving so much of yourself, so much mm. energy to the room. You are it's knackered true. at the end. It's you true. Teach every class that like we used to do, or I used to do, <laughs> and you do now, all the way through Saturday. It's three o'clock yeah. on Saturday. You are asleep on the couch. It's way harder for me, for me to do a uh, tiny champs through to juniors and teens than it is to do a comp team class. Yo, in the, that I'm is way a thing. more destroyed afterwards. Yesterday, uh, I think it was. I think it was. Coach Sophie, it might have been Veronica. I, I looked at one of them recently and I was like, I've just come to grips that there is nothing more terrifying than a room of 25 screaming children. Like when they're stampeding, there's nothing more dangerous. Like. <laughs> I tell you what, Sophie Gilman last night, she was, she's an absolute beast. Putting some hands on people. Yeah. Yo, she's leveling up. Something's clicked. Smashing blows. Something's all over clicked. The place. She's not playing. 
I think when I was talking with the guy who told me he was getting smoked, <laughs> he was like, "It's bad." But I, I, we, we always tell I always tell this story because I've already got a few stories and they're boring. But like the, that moment when I rolled with Vanessa English and she and she was a pearl belt, I was a blue belt, former Marines commando, fit guy, knew what I was doing, not new to jiu-jitsu, and she absolutely battered me in the round <laughs> and like took my back about five times and choked me out about four times. Like, when you have that realisation, as, as a guy, that some of our female students are better at fighting than you, that's magic, isn't it? That's what you yeah. can give you that power. Yeah. No, it, it really can. And I just did a thing on how every woman on the planet should study jiu-jitsu. It's up on Medium. It's important, man, because when, when, when you look into the eyes of a woman who trains consistently... She's different. Yeah. She's different. You know, um, I recently saw a post the other day. It was literally yesterday. Uh, someone posted about the fear that women have, you know, and I knew the woman who posted it. And I just wrote, you should train jujitsu. And I know that seems like such a guy thing to say, but after I said it, because I could, you know, you're on Facebook, write the whole paragraph. Nobody reads those. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me just write about it. And I wrote about how, you know, one, if you can't, if a woman can't be pinned, her chances of getting killed or sexually assaulted or raped, it, like they almost disappear, right? Even if they don't win the fight, the guy will quit, yep. right? And that's what we start with in jujitsu, reversing the pin, escaping being grabbed and stuff like that. And how once a woman knows that she can't be just pinned, just held down, just bear hugged, like, not only that, that she has options to counterattack, like they become different, you know what I mean? And you can see it, you can see it. So I wrote that and I put it out and I said, look, you know, cause the fair response from many women is, but you as a man should be working on other men so that we're not being attacked. And I'm like, yeah, I know tons of great men. However, we're outnumbered. And however, as good as we are, we can't be everywhere. So it's not about either or, it's about both. Right? I'll work with the good guys and we'll try to cultivate better boys and you need to defend yourself in the meantime because the bad guys are still out there and you know we, we've got to work together on we're that. We're meeting at both ends aren't we because we, we started this podcast talking about Next 45. Yeah. That, you know we have a saying, a motto in that business that when men live happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives, everyone wins. True. Society benefits. True. So we're doing that work. You've also got to take responsibility yourself. You are you know, nervous or afraid to walk out at night on your own, then perhaps you should consider yeah. learning something that's going to give you those tools to be a little bit more confident. Yeah, and I was like, every woman who liked this post should Google jujitsu near me like today and go check out a few schools and figure out where you want to start. And the irony is, the woman who posted that came to me 10 years ago saying that she was nervous about stuff. And you know what I told her? You should do jujitsu. <laughs> And the truth is, if had she done it then, she'd be a black belt now. She could she could tell all the women who like that, come to my school and I'll help you. But this is what happens when we don't step out of our comfort zone, you know? Or we wait for that perfect moment, which never arrives right. to start. Right. Um, so 10 years later, I'm saying the same thing to her now that I said so long ago. I'll do ago. it when I've lost a bit of weight. I'll do it when I get a bit fitter. I'll do it when I've said yeah. to someone, like, no, 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 you have to do it today because... I said at the, the retreat, you know, the best time to plant trees 20 years ago, 
and the next best time today. Like, there's no point waiting. Straight up. Just do it. Straight up. I think some people also just don't know the impact it can have because... Yeah, it's hard to assess. Yeah, there was a, there's a girl who's messaging me, who I know, and she was like, oh, I want to do some kickboxing journey, like good kickboxing schools in Leeds. I'm like, there's a bunch of good kickboxing schools in Leeds, but I happen to know a pretty good jiu-jitsu school. <laughs> like, uh, Got access. Yeah, and uh, she's like, oh, it just seems a bit too rough and tumble for me. I'm like, this is like the the most welcoming martial arts school you'll find. Yeah, you can find it. Come on. Like, there might be a fair bit of tumble, but we're definitely not that rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then she's like, oh, my friend's trying to make me just go dance, like try dance classes instead. I'm like, oh, you can do that, but it's just like for this, the same thing I talk about with the kids. Like, you can take your kid out and do football, you can do swimming, you can do all this kind of stuff you, you want your kid to do, but they're not going to get the things that they're going to get from doing martial arts. You're not mm -hmm. going to get that kind of confidence. You're not going to get that self-discipline. They're not going to instill that humility. Like, these are things that you need to go out and really test yourself as an individual. It's a development of character too, right? Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, come through, guys. Don't worry. Um, we are rolling. Uh, yeah, so it's the development of character and stuff like that. What's up, brother? Um, How are you? How are you? <laughs> On that, just a little segue into... Uh, so we had Muslim Mustafa here last night from Castleville Tigers. Castleville Tigers. He used to play at Lee Rhinos. That's when I first met him. He came to the No Gear class last night. Um, he's going to join the academy as a member, which is amazing. And Liquid. like... You know, demonstrates his commitment to his own self-development. He's a professional athlete, top of his game, still wanting to improve and get better. Um, I told him last night he has to put the gear on. Come on, you know, man. Because he's a big, strong, powerful dude. And he's, he does, you know, rugby for a living, so he, he's good at it. No gear, he'll be able to blast out of stuff. We need people to tie him up in knots and make it difficult for him to move. And then yesterday he got a call off Stevie Ward, formerly Drynos captain, legend. He had to retire from the game early from concussion. Mm. And one of the things he said, to your point there, T, is like, he wants to come and train jiu-jitsu with us because there'll be less head trauma. Look, people underestimate that. Like, they really do. I think it's one of the most misunderstood things about jiu-jitsu is, I think when people think jiu-jitsu is fight club in their brain, it's like, oh, it's, and it's like, yo, it's, it's the complete polar opposite of that. Um, but the other reason I'm so glad you told me working the gi is, Always train both because you'll never be in control of what you're wearing when it gets real. You could train Nogi your whole time, and then middle of the winter, somebody slaps you in the face coming out of Sainsbury's, and it's on. It's Sainsbury's. What are you going to do? Take it off? Huh? No. You're going to scrap right there and there, and then they go, like, I work in the gi, and yeah, they're going to put know. you down, homie. Hey, listen, you never Or know. vice versa. I said this the other day, Monday, right? Walking into the academy. I live four minutes walk away. I come out my gate. I turn the corner. There's a guy with a dog, I've never seen him before, yeah. looking through a hole in my garage wall, like what? staring into my garden like this. So I'm like, hi, mate. Can I help <laughs> You're you? going to get seen. Can I help you? And his attitude was really defensive. Oh. I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. I do what I want. I said, you can't look in there. That's my garden. I can look wherever I want. I said, no, you can't look in there because that's my garden. I've got children in there and my wife's in there. So you can do whatever you want on the street. You can't look in there. Bro. Well, if I want to look in there, I'll look in there. It's like... This is going one or two ways. So I'm like, fucking look again. See what's going to happen. You never know when Bro, you might need it. That you guy don't could have know. My kids could have been in there. It could have been trying to get through the gate. We, a few days earlier as well, we had a... And the reason why I think my heckles were up is we had, my, the cleaner was in and someone came to the house, knocked on the door. She went around the side to meet them and they gave her this ridiculous story that they cleaned the drains in the house once before. 
I honestly think they were there to wreck the house. They were, they were looking if we had a dog, what the back garden was like. Oh, can they, the, Just what, can they see. work from home during the day? Can I, all these questions. Like, there's people out there that want to do your harm. Dude. You don't know when it's going to happen. You better be ready. Yeah, you got to yeah. train them both and enjoy both. You can have your personal preference, but you're, if you're serious about self-defense, you're never going to be in control of what you're wearing when it gets real, so you should always train them both. All right. Good episode. Just get it on. Yeah. Um, thank you, Professor Lisa. I always love this, so, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Mike. Thanks, bro. See you, man. And thank you, good. you guys. See you next week. Oops.